cliffcentral.com. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. Um, I guess this is the part in the whole entire thing where the headset ideal that I was explaining to the lovely entrepreneurs in studio doesn't work out for me because I didn't hear my cue. But uh, thank you for joining us, uh, 360 Biz. Man, it's been an amazing year. Leah, how's it been for you? No, it's been a good, busy, interesting, but hectic year, man. Yeah. It's been a good one. Don't you just not as not as bad as most people are putting it out to be on social media. <laughs> no, man. I mean, with all the beautiful things that have been going around with people spraying stuff, it's been, it's been beautiful. I think, you know, <laughs> I think, I think we, you know, I think, I think of all the things that we have gone through as a country, we have, we always know how to come back together always. and just unite, you know? And I think mm. that, I mean, you know, it, it's so amazing. You know, someone was saying outside as, as I was coming into studio that, mm. you know, it's so amazing that next week it's mm. actually December. December. The year is over. And I mean, as an entrepreneur, the other day I was sitting with, um, a couple of my team members, the mm. accountants, a few other people, just looking at the year mm. and how quick it's flown by yes. and, and how quick, um, the markets have changed and all this stuff. It's been such a beautiful thing. Indeed. So, I mean, wait, wait, what are you doing next month? Me, now, having fun somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> now, man, guys, we've got a lovely show which is lined up for you guys today. Um, we're talking about green building. We've got amazing entrepreneurs in studio that are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. We've got crazy seminars that are going to be happening in the next couple of days. So just join in. I mean, Leah, what you got to say? Yeah, we have a great show lined up and we have guests here. Um, who are from escaping the red race right in front of us, right? We have Mr. Patrick Moraka and Sammy Sikwala, right? Can you guys just say hello to our listeners and just tell us what it is that you do? Good afternoon. My name is Sammy Sikwala and um, I'm part of this wonderful um, event that's coming up called Escaping the Red Race, which is aimed at... um, Uplifting and helping and equipping young people and anyone who is interested in business. Um, good day. My name is Patrick Moraka. Um, yeah, I'm also part of this great event that's happening on Saturday called uh, the Escaping the Red Race. So basically, the event um, it's all about helping people to to get out of the red race. Maybe we should start by saying what is the red race. The red race is a concept that comes from you know um, what you used to call it, Semi. Red labs. A red labs. You know, um, a red running in a lab, um, not escaping, but thinking that it's, it's 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 actually getting away because it's running endlessly, but it thinks in its mind that it's getting away. Um, that synergy. I mean, that scenario. If you look at it and you think of the life that a lot of people are living in their careers, even entrepreneurs, it's not only for people that are in careers. You tend to think that you are running somewhere. Because every every day you wake up, every day you go to work, and every day you work hard and you're thinking you, you want to go somewhere. But one day it hits you and you realize, but where have I gone? Debts have taken everything. All my life I've worked, and when I look back, I don't have much that I've worked for. So the red race is all about helping you to think open-mindedly and helping you to getting out of that trap and actually having a, financial, um, a life of being financially free. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I think but one of the things that before we dive into a lot of questions that I'd like to know, um, what sparked this whole entire thing? Did you guys find yourself stuck in a rat race or did you did you notice it around you? I mean, what sparked this whole entire thing? 
Well, it's quite interesting because um, it's three of us. It's myself, Patrick, and Mawande, who's not here today. Um, Patrick has never worked for anybody ever before. He's always been an entrepreneur. I think he should speak for himself about that. (laughs) But I, I I I started very well. I started in business, and then I went to work. And I found that I, I was very frustrated working for somebody because I felt it's not something that I was supposed to do. I felt I was working outside of my purpose. You know, when while my purpose was to do business and solve business problems, I was stuck in a rat race um, thinking that I was going somewhere. And fi- yet I found that I was actually expending uh, energy, not going anywhere. So we were, I was in a rat race. Um so yeah, I, I I will be talking from experience. <laughs> well, I'm well, sure Patrick will be talking from a different experience. Sure, this 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 event actually um, it's hosted by Mawande's company, which is called Wonderful Talks. So Wonderful Talks is a, it's an event organizing and management company. Mawande came to us um, once we were having another event, and he said, "But guys, here we are." I'm a guy that is working for a big company at the peak of my career. And then yes, Sammy, who's just left his career and he's now decided to go and write a book, which is done. He's decided to start his own business, which is done. And, and he's now out of the race. He, he wakes up at his own time, but even though it's at his own time, he's now free to do what he wants to build his own empire. And then here's another person, Patrick. You've never worked for anybody all your life. You took this big risk from when you left school to decide to be on your own. The three of us here, we've got a story to tell. Somebody would like to know, how do I get out of such a flourishing um, career like Mawanda's and end up being on my own and running a professional business? Another person would say, Sammy, how did you do it? How did you get to the day where you say, today's the day I quit, I'm going to do it on my own? Patrick, how did you decide that all your life you're not going to bother to work for anybody? You're going to take this route that often people would say is the hard route. So that story then emanated into this event that we want to share with people. The advice is on how do you get out of this so-called red race. Okay, gentlemen, can you then maybe tell us what topics are you going to cover at the seminar? Okay, we've got six speakers at the seminar. We've got um, Bridget Edwards, who's going to be covering stress uh, that's related to entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship stress. We've got Beth Malachi, who's also going to, uh, she's also an entrepreneur in her own right. She's got um, a magazine called The Worth Ladder. She's also going to talk about um um, how to how to become successful from startup because a whole lot of businesses stu- um, suffer when they are at the startup level. We've got Mawanda, who's our MC, very very eloquent speaker. Um, we've got uh, Bilise Lekane, who's also considered to be uh, number one speaker. In fact, he's the number one speaker in Africa. Yeah. So that guy will be talking much about how to break free. Um, and we've got myself. I'll be talking more about um, a hundred year plan. Well. I don't believe that you can run a business that does not have at least a minimum of a hundred year for a business plan. It just doesn't work. I don't believe in that. I believe if once you go into business, you've got to have set yourself a goal for the next hundred to at least a 500 year plan. Because with that kind of a plan, you know that your wealth will then be passed on to the next generation. So that's what I'll be touching on. Hmm. Particularly interesting, yeah? 
And um, I'll be talking about, um, or rather from a topic, um, so you think you're an entrepreneur, um, because a lot of people would wish to become entrepreneurs, but they don't really take into cognizance the amount of work that goes into it. It, it feels good oftentimes to say, I'm an entrepreneur, but are you, are you ready to take up so much work? And um, I also will be covering the, the fact that it, it's a it's a crazy thing. Entrepreneurship is a crazy world, and only those who are crazy will actually make it in entrepreneurship. So I'll be I'll be covering that. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, you know, just sitting here listening to you um, opening up and speaking about some of the stuff that you were doing. I mean, what 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 did it really take for you to call it quits? I I I think the first and most important thing is understanding and knowing, finding your purpose. I think I, I it was. At the point of discovering my purpose, then I realized that my purpose is actually to help people. Um, but how do I help people? I have s- certain skills that I've acquired and certain talents that I have that are natural. I'm, a, I'm naturally a good writer. So I started writing blogs and I wrote, I wrote articles and posted on Facebook. People loved those. And then based on that, on, on the response I received from that, I wrote a book and I released a, a self-published book. And then from there, I started a business based on those things. I even developed a an entrepreneurial board game which I use to 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 train people you know so it is really finding your purpose knowing exactly what is it that you were born to do and then going after it with all you have hmm. Leah do you have a board game <laughs> no <laughs> but gentlemen can you also just share with us then um what makes then this event different from other events and maybe also share with us who have you guys partnered with um, what makes the event different from any other event? I think the best teacher is one that teaches you from their personal experience. Um, you've got six speakers that will be talking specifically from their personal experience. So what makes this event different is the kind of content that people will be receiving. It is, even though it will be a public speaking, it will be more or less like you're having a one-on-one. Because you're, you're, you're sitting there listening to a speaker that is speaking from a personal experience. That's, I think, what's, what's a standing out difference from us. Yeah, and it's also about um, sharing tools and, and equipment or resources that will help people make a transition from being employed or unemployed into, into entrepreneurship because that's, that's what a lot of people are looking for. People are not looking for rhetoric. They're looking to know exactly what is it that I have to do in order to make that leap into, into entrepreneurship. And so that's exactly what we'll be offering that is different from whatever else is out there. Yeah, so I think uh, one one of the things, I mean, I'm sitting here as an entrepreneur, I see an opportunity. When is the event and where is the event? It's it's this coming Saturday, the 26th of, okay. of November, and it will be hosted at the Bonn Hotel in Midrand. We've got a, a Facebook page going out, just search for Escaping the Red Race. So when you go in there, you'll find we've also got a map there for you if you don't know where to find the location. Uh, we've got all the information. Tickets are going out at 300 rand. We're selling at Quicket. Uh, so you go to www.quicket.co.za and then you search for Escaping the Red Race. Okay, we, well... Sorry, we start at 9 o'clock and uh, it ends at, at 3 o'clock. Sorry. All right. And, and, sure. and light lunch will be served. <laughs> you, must define, you must define what a light lunch I've got, I've got these programs uh, Get invited And you know what attracts me is the food And you can see, you can see. And when I get there they're serving I'm kidding 
Maybe, maybe that's why we say light. So that you don't come with an expectation of a big meal. You must define light, you know. But you've heard it, everybody. Um, you don't want to miss this seminar, right? Escaping the Red Race. Make sure you are there. Um, up next, we have Style with Rose. We have Mrs. CBC. Yeah, can Miss CBC come join us? Quick, quick. <laughs> So I just, you know, you know, such a uh, an amazing thing. Like I know the gentleman on the right. <laughs> I was such a shock when I saw him okay. walking in. But I'm definitely coming there. Yes. We've got a little thing happening. To, to uh, I think the day after the day after tomorrow. But mm-hmm. definitely going there. Because the is amazing. Mm-hmm. Bridget Edwards is amazing. Um, the other lady he mentioned is also amazing, and he's also a phenomenal entrepreneur from my hood. Yes. Rose, yes. I'm doing uh, <laughs> geographical positioning. I can see that. I like the view from here. I'm profiling. I oh, see oh, that. oh, 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 I see that. Yeah. Oh, oh. Having talked about food, I mean, I was listening to that. Hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so Rose, how are you? Just greet the listeners. Tell us who you are. Um, what do you do? Oh, wonderful. I'm an entrepreneur. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. It's always my favorite day of the week. My name is Rose CBC. I am the founder of Style with Roses, actually. Um, Style with Roses is an events management and profiling company, but with a core focus on personal image, styling solutions, and most importantly, we've got a long-term vision to launch a Pan-African TV talk show. So I'm going to be the biggest voice in Africa that you've ever come across. And I've been like really going towards that. So pretty much what Style with Roses is, is planning on doing in the next few weeks or so is working towards an event that is happening on the 3rd of December at the Parkin Hotel. And we're con- coinciding it with the 16 days of activism against women, violence against women and children. And really, when we talk about style and grooming, a lot of people don't understand the correlation between what it is that you present as a person with what you're wearing and how it's going to affect your overall mood. So we think about these women who've been affected in different spheres, whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse, or just, you know, downright trodden on. So their dignity is affected, their self-esteem is affected. And I'm so glad that the previous speakers talked a lot about identity and purpose. We tapped into that with the TM group, which with the courtesy of which I am here today, and said, let's do something that is is cause-based and just bring hope and inspiration to these people that have been affected by coming together with several stakeholders where we have a beautiful event. We'll have five different profiles. We look at CEOs. We look at a high society woman. We look at an everyday businesswoman, an ordinary entrepreneur. What do you look like every day when you live your house? What does it make you feel? How does it affect the rest of your day? How do you handle your business? When you walk through that door, who will allow you want to give you that kind of business? So we're talking the importance of style and we've, we've made this evening a very interactive evening where it will come in form of a talk show because like I said the long term vision is a talk show and we have the likes of Sam Mensah of Kisura who's going to be our guest speaker Sam is the pioneer of the first African fashion online store I mean he's got Beyonce wearing his clothes he's been phenomenal in terms of reaching out to all Af- fashion and African designers that have come across the platforms, international platforms, and now Africa is on the map. So we've got the support of Kisio, we've got the support of Parking Hotel, who are the venue supporters. The TM Group is our media partner, and that's um, the reason why we actually have this opportunity for this platform. We've got Body On Skier Ken Range, Estelle Cosmetics, Slay. So we've brought on similar stakeholders who actually are interested in defining the beauty of a woman and as well as the importance of personal image. Hmm. 
What do you think of that? It's, it's, wow, Mouthful. she's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally done. I pay you. I pay you. <laughs> you know, and, but, and you know what, Bulelani? We've got a three-course buffet dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. you, you've, you've won the position. Yes, so. I will be there. I you will, will be, be there. there. So what can everybody expect then in your fashion line, Rose? Um, everyday wear. Mm-hmm. Um, outgoing wear, like if I'm going to a high tea, if I'm going for a formal event or an evening event, what is appropriate for me to wear? Because you know what? The difference between fashion and style is people think that just because something is in fashion, I can wear it. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that. And that's why I've also got Sunet Van Mark, who is a master coach in style and image. Style is who you are. It's about an identity and a purpose. You make a statement even before you say a word. So in our lineup, we're looking at business wear, we're looking at evening wear, and the rest is a surprise. You've just got to pay your 300 bucks. Come there and and see what we've got to offer on that night. Yeah. And I mean, Rose, you know, we, I mean, it's often been said that dress the way that you want to be addressed. How important is exactly. that? Very important. Critically important. I mean, how many times have you lost opportunities because of the way you're dressed? I mean, a millionaire comes in with his shorts and a T-shirt. We've already made an assessment. The first impression is who you present yourself to be even before you say a word. So when you go, you, you have, you've got to dress for where you're going to. So if you aspire to be the president, I mean, what does a president look like? So that is very, very important. And it's it's really a topic that shouldn't be undermined or Left to women That's how come you've got men wearing pink shirts Because maybe their aura goes with pink shirts And red shirts and yellow shirts <laughs> mm. So very very important if you ask me Okay I think our listeners want to know Because I want to know too mm-hmm. um, Who is the you? Who's your target market? The target market is um, high society women, CEOs, influential millennials, surprisingly, because more and more we're getting the sagging look. We're getting the the type of clothes that shouldn't be in a business arena. I mean, we know that we, we, we've changed times, but there's just some standards that I feel shouldn't be compromised. So we're reaching out to men, women um, in the corporate space, private, public sector, everybody. Family. Why did you choose them? Because it's very important. Exactly. The topic that we're talking about is what you dress for is represents where you're going. So that affects everybody in every sphere of life. And then, I mean, Rose, um, on the day, would you guys be touching on um, personal branding? Because everything that you've touched on now, uh, I'd like to think that accentuates an individual's personal brand and, mm, you know, mm. how we are able, how, how, how we misconstrue who we are with what we want to actually do or achieve on the day? Absolutely. The day is not, is, is not, it's too compressed. It's not enough time for us to do that. But you know what? That's why we're calling it a launch event because more and more now we're going to just go deeper into workshops where we'll talk on a monthly basis and I'll be spending more time here talking about different aspects of personal branding because it's a huge topic. It's a huge elephant. You've got to break it down in pieces. So that night is not enough for us to talk about that. It's a night of fun. It's a night of giving you a tip of the iceberg. To have you coming for more and understanding that you really need to get your personal brand and your overall image all sorted out in order to succeed in life. That's how key it is. Okay. Can you touch on the relationship with PowerSA? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, PowerSA is... um, an organization that we're talking to with the various initiative in trying to identify one of the projects that they would, that specifically speaks to women. But you know what? We haven't limited it to that. And that's a nice surprise that's, that's coming up because what we've said is the cause for this event shouldn't be ending right 
on that evening. We want a sustainable long-term relationship that when we adopt that initiative, it's something that we're going to go on a journey with. That's a group of women that we're going to take together that as we sit here today on the 23rd of November, 23rd of November 2017, we're sitting here with you guys again and say, guess what? We, we walked a journey with five, ten women. This is where we started from and this is where they are now. And we're not limiting it to power. We're actually in talks with a very interesting and exciting initiative because we needed something that actually speaks to women that have been affected in terms of their dignity, self-esteem. I repeat that as well. So it's very key how we align ourselves to that. So we just took the chance of um, the timing. It starts 25th of November to the 10th of um, December, Human Rights Day. And that's why even our audience is not limited to women. We don't want it to feel like it's a girly thing because it's something that really affects everybody. I mean, now more and more these days we're getting men that are emotionally and physically abused. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. But you see, these are things that are key for us. The emphasis is on appreciating and trying to inspire change that brings back self-esteem and dignity to a person that has been affected and they forget who they are and just bring them to that place where they appreciate themselves more. And it's therefore from the outside looking in, you'll be amazed when you put on something that actually makes you feel good about yourself, you start believing better about yourself and more and more it, 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 it becomes an experience that journeys you towards where you really need to be. And that's the kind of result that we're ultimately looking for. So, Rose, I mean, you're presenting so eloquently, mm-hmm. um, so articulately as well. Thank you. And I mean, I mean, you, you're sitting in that seat because you're an entrepreneur. Mm, I am. What did it take for you to become an entrepreneur? Oh, my goodness. Guts, sleepless night, fear, failure, hustle. The hustle is real. It's, it's real out there, hey? Yeah. It's real out there. But more and more, I'm finding for the first time, if it's been four years, hey, that I've taken this journey. I was in the corporate space for over 22 years. And when I took that leap of faith, it's like it's an abyss. You don't even really know what you're going to. And, and the gentleman before me spoke very well about that. It, it's it's very risky. It's very discouraging. But you've got to keep going, never give up. Because through that time, I've kind of realized my strengths, strengths that I didn't know about. And the biggest strength of that is the ability to relate to people from all walks of life and bring across collaborations. Because through that, that's what makes it possible. It's not so much you having physical money in your hand in order to succeed, but you need a network of people around you. Most importantly, you need people who believe in you. People will give you a chance. People will walk the journey with you. People will say, you know what? I have faith in you. Even for us to pull together this event, it's really been about collaborations. I mean, nine partners have come on and said, you know, you know, Rose, you speak a good game. Let's put you to the test. Let's see how we can do this. And, and this is how we've been going. And so far, it's, it's just so unbelievably amazing how it's all coming together. I'm really, really excited. And I can't wait to, to have all of you on the 3rd of December and just sit together in that room and just share on the work that has been done in the last four years because it really is coming into fruition. But yeah, it's, it's been tough, but we're getting there. We're not even there yet, yeah. not even halfway. But you know what? It's real and we're there and we're going. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Can you get then just remind us one more time mm-hmm. where the event is, the, when, and the ticket prices are? Wonderful. Um, the event, remember, Parkin Hotel in Santon. Mm-hmm. It's on the 3rd of December. It actually starts at 5.30 p.m. and we hope to, uh, to close at 9 p.m. Come early because from 5.30 p.m. to about 6, we've actually got welcome drinks and we've got exhibitors. Some of our partners are going to be displaying their products, which is great because then you get to look at skincare ranges. We've got free wine tasting, folk. If you like your wine on a Saturday afternoon, please come through. We've got indigenous South African wines. 
also led by women entrepreneurs have launched their own wine brand will be displaying on that night and we've also got a lot of accessories in stock because we obviously we don't want the to reveal the garments that are going to be on yeah. show in the night that comes later in the evening but come early Book and pay for your ticket. There is a link um, through our social media page. I've got a page, Style with Roses. We've got uh, Rose CBC also on Face page. My Twitter handle is at Rose CBC. Instagram is also at Rose CBC. There is a link that has been advertised, including on our website, www.stylewithroses.com. You book now. Please pay for your tickets because you know how we do. We don't want lastminute.com because really we want to be prepared so that when you come, everything is all laid out for you for a wonderful and a grand evening that I, I really promise it's going to be. All right. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you for having that me. That was Rose CBC, everybody, founders of Style with Roses. Thank you so much. Choice. Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. Autotrader gives you the choice. Now you can shop, compare, and buy new cars. Watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy. Autotrader New Car. The choice is yours. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. If you've just tuned in, this is 360 Biz on Cliff Central with Bulelani Balabala and Lian Dondlo. Our discussion is on green building solutions today. And in studio, we have guests who are going to give us an insight about green building and what they do and what are the best solutions. So let me take this opportunity to welcome Mr. Tulani Kuzwayo, Managing Director of Green Building Council. Um, so it's good to have you here. No, thank you for, for having me. Um, I actually work there as, as a managing executive. Um, so we've got three units. There's one that looks at the commercial sector. There's one that looks at the residential sector. And I'm responsible for the public sector, um, which really I work with the three spheres of government, national, provincial, as well as local government and state-owned companies. Um, and that's all about doing two things. One is education. Uh, green building education and then the second one is advocating green building practice okay and we've also got then Miss very shaba um who is from green building solutions as well Ms. Shaba, can you please say hi to our listeners and tell us what you do okay hi everyone i am very shaba and i am the founder and the managing director of shaba green building solutions and i love what tulani mentioned about education and advocacy I think that it's so important that more people know and understand about green building solutions um, because there's a lot of benefits to it. And I've, I'm in all of the interactions that I've had with a lot of my clients, a lot of people don't understand the benefits of green buildings. Mm. So we're very excited to be on the show and it'll be, it'll be good for us to talk through some of the topics that we will have today. So ignorantly, I would assume green building is green buildings. So I'd As in like, the color. <laughs> I have, I have had clients tell me, "Fine, I'm just going to paint my building green, and that's a green building." And I'd be like, "Really? But why?" So, guys, you guys are experts in this field. Take us through what is green building. Um. So, so the the there are three things in the main. Okay, it's, it's energy efficient. That's the one part. The other one, it's resource efficiency, and the third would be environmentally responsible. And that's looking at a building from design to construction. To operation, and then part of that, especially in developing countries, we've included the socio-economics of it. So it must have a socio-economic impact, and then you can talk about it as 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 being green. Okay, and then um, who are then the members of this council? So the members of the Green Building Council, you've got your professional services like architects, engineers. Mm. 
Um, and then you've got your property owners, managers, and investors. There's academia. In fact, late last year, SALGA, the South African Local Government Association, took on an umbrella membership on behalf of municipalities. So you've got like 257 municipalities who are members of the council, um, and a few other um, public sector entities are also members of the Green Building Council. So it's a cross-spectrum of, of members. Yeah, and then, I mean, in terms of South Africa and, and the broader landscape, would you feel like we're utilizing green building in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in our building or rather the construct of the different buildings that you have around? I think that we're not utilizing it enough. I think that sometimes as South Africans, we actually are waiting until something gets dire before we realize the need for it. So if we look at, for instance, in 2008, we had to wait for the load shedding to happen before we started thinking about the rollout of solar geysers or solar systems so that we could future-proof our buildings. Um, and even now with the water crisis, we had to wait until there was a bit of the water shedding in a sense where now there were water restrictions for us to start realizing the value of it. So I think that based on the knowledge that is available and the resources, um, I don't think that we are doing green buildings at the pace that we need to in order to have a sustainable future in South Africa as well as across the continent. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would venture to even say, imagine somebody buying a house and the first question they ask is, what is the energy consumption of hmm. this home? Hmm. Um, so we want to get to that point where men on the street understands um, what green is and, and understand what resource efficiency is all about. In fact, I mean, in other countries like Australia, when you when you're selling a building, you must talk about or disclose its performance. Uh, so, so we would like to reach that point. We're not there yet, but there have been pockets of this. That's not to say the journey only started now with others. There are people who've been doing this thing for a long time. Um, even if you go to Makai, some of those things have been done for a long time. Um, it's just more in an urbanized context where we've decided to let go of the stuff we already know what we used to do in the past. Um, and then it become very much along being consumption uh, driven. Um, but this very pointed out, so we're far from the journey, but I think there's a lot of activity happening in some pockets of, of excellence. I think I almost want to add to what Tulani said, where the man in the street is talking green. When you look at a car, people ask, what are the specs of the car? They yeah. immediately want to know this. But when you look at a building, people aren't asking that. You spend more time in a building than you mm. spend in a car. Mm. Yeah. So I think that people need to, it needs to be the, the first thing on someone's mind when it comes to moving into a space, moving into a building, building something is looking at how sustainable is it? Is it good for me? Is it energy efficient, resource efficient, environmentally responsible? What impact has it had on the social economic landscape? I think that it needs to just be second nature. You know, even on that note, um, I'm thinking about how people sometimes say that, you know, ignorantly so, say that they'll be dead or gone by the time, you know, the planet can't cope anymore. How do you guys change people's thinking? So so one of the things is not to be to be alarmist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but the beautiful thing about a green building, and I'm talking about green building as a, as a process, as well as the green building as the object, it, without being alarmist, they, they've got to appreciate the, the economic sense now, because um, it's really two sides of the same coin, you know, the economic benefits, as well as environmental benefits. So it's one of the few things that give you um, both I, th- I think as somebody aptly put it as it's it doing what's it doing well by doing good. Mm. 
that's exactly what what it what it is. And so for a while in the early stages, the conversation on climate change was heavily around the the um, being alarmist. You know that you're gonna die, everybody, <laughs> if you don't change now. Um, but now there's there's more, almost a, a a not just the sentiment, but it appeals to reason where with a specific facts, like with the current situation of of a water with the water crisis, the buildings that have future proof themselves are relatively doing okay now but imagine if a lot more was being done and i think even in the in the entrepreneurship space the the the, the conversation on resource efficiency is critical because there are no jobs on a dead planet and if you don't have energy or electricity if you don't have water and so on it affects your business that's true so how do you begin to talk about like earlier on one of the the the, the, the speakers here said that you must have a 100 year plan <laughs> but from resources or natural and otherwise if if they won't be there then your plan has got to take those things into account yeah so resilience and sustainability uh, needs to be there and and I must commend you guys for introducing the conversation there because you're obviously forward thinking you know introducing this resource efficiency conversation there so that's a long answer to your to your question <laughs> <laughs> so 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 here's my thing one of the things that um because now we're educating or maybe rather re-educating since you touched on the fact that we used to do this but somewhere along the line we kind of dropped it off um due to new technology or whatever the case is at which point do we really start instilling? Is it at a uh, at a primary school level, according to you guys, in terms of your research, or is it at a level where we've got certain stakeholders which are controlling the market, um, making it mandatory for individuals that are purchasing houses, so that if I'm going through a whoever and whoever property realtor, I it, it's mandatory that I have. It. So, which big players, uh, according to you, are an, a huge influencer to the to the moving of green building, or do you? feel like you know what um everyone must just jump in it can I'll, I'll talk from a green building council perspective and then maybe very from okay. from practice actually working in the industry so, so our our strategy at the green building council has always been to target the innovators and risk takers so if you think of that curve of the diffusion of innovation so it's to, it's to target those ones so that they can pull the market forward and a lot of them have paid their school fees in the beginning when everybody was saying ah it's expensive we're not going to do it uh, but they were pulling we we hope to pull the market forward so to get those to learn more and more and then share their experiences with the rest and eventually normalized. And then the second thing is advocacy. So through strategic relationships, like the likes of Growth Point, who's the, the biggest listed property fund, making a statement that they'll go green and, and do so. And then there's a few other small organizations that have taken a stand to do that. So so that risk-taking profile, those are the ones that we, we target and hopefully pull the market forward. Yeah, so from a consultant's perspective, I think that green buildings has to be approached top down as well as bottom up. So in terms of top down, we need government to actually set the example. We need them to, if legislation has to be in place, what we realized is that when a legislation called SANS 10400, Part XA, and also SANS 204, so SANS is basically South African national standards, which is used for buildings. When that was implemented, a lot more buildings started to be a lot more conscious about the energy performance of their buildings because they had to now comply with legislation. And that immediately started to push the market that much further. So I think top-down approach works. And then I think bottom-up. I think tenants need to be able to say, I'm not going to move into this building if five years from now my electricity bills a certain way or my water bills a certain way. Because at the end of the day, 
like all different economies, we're driven by supply and demand. Those are the drivers of the economy. So if we demand a certain thing, then owners and property developers have no choice but to start supplying it. Mm. So I think that it needs to be top down, bottom up. Mm. And then just the last thing I want to mention about um, sustainability is that it really is that nexus where environmental, economic and social problems are solved that's where sustainability is. So if we start telling our primary school children now, don't worry, grow a vegetable garden or simple things like that. If we start telling them now, save water. When I was young, we used to, when it was raining and hailing, I used to go outside with a bucket and I would let all the water go. Like old school, sustainability has been here for years. Yes. Um, so I would go outside. Yeah. My mom would just always encourage us, you know, put the bucket out there, collect that water, you'll use it for something. I never knew what it was for. But now, years later, I have my own sustainability green building firm. And these simple principles that were instilled in me when I was younger are things that I'm actually telling clients and that's impacting their triple bottom line. So I think that it's something that has top down, bottom up, but we need to start now. Um, yeah. Because now, like now is even too late to start. We needed to have started a long time ago Very in terms true. of implementing a lot of the green building um, technologies and solutions. Can I, can I pick up on that example? Yeah. So, okay. Of, of the, 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 the bottom up approach. Mm. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a study that said that 60% of businesses in the developing world is small, micro, medium businesses. And of those, a lot of them are like involved in agriculture. So there's a, a thing is called the BBC Media Action Initiative, where on radio in Tanzania, they started speaking about what climate change is, uh, what it means, what are the early warning signals, what else can you do, what other resilient crops can you plant, and so on. And a lot of the farmers, more and more people started listening to that uh, radio um, um, uh, and then they started implementing those ideas in their own projects. And then because of learning, now it's, it's, it's bottom up, then they start af affecting the entire value chain. For whoever they supply later on knows about it, but because they understand it and they can see the direct impact, they are able to benefit from it. And, and initiatives like, like what we're having now mm. is a great beginning where, where people are listening and, and they can start to understand, okay, what does it mean for me in my mm. business? You know, I've got a cleanings company. What does it mean? And then they can start working on it. So, so bottom up and, and, and top down approach, mm. I believe it is. And, and there'll be a sweet spot that we'll, we'll meet. Mm. Okay, um, Very, can you please just touch on um, how do you do your accreditation and what are the requirements maybe for building owners? Okay, so there's accreditation and then there's certification. Um, so accreditation is for if I'm a professional, then I'm an accredited professional. So I have the knowledge that I need to be able to um, certify a green building. And then there's certification. So how we do certification, and maybe Tulani can touch on that if there's something I miss. But um, there's Green Star which is available, Green Star South Africa, available from the Green Building Council of South Africa. And what it has is it has different categories that one has to approach um, and target in order to get a sustainable building or green building. So these categories range from management to energy to water to materials. So different priorities that a client would look at for their particular building. So what we would then do as a green building consultant is sit with the client, ask them what their priorities are, and then they'll be able to say, okay, this is what I want to target. This is what I want from my building. And then um, would be able to get the points from each category. So it's a lot of stuff, but just think about it as category. And then you have the credits and then you have points. So you get the points from each um, um, each category and you add it up. And if it's 45 
and above, then you get four star. If it's 60 to 75, you get five star. And then from 75 upwards, it's a six star mm-hmm. rated building. So essentially you get points, you add them all up, and then you're able to get your certification from the Green Building Council of South Africa. Yeah, and 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 others maybe you don't want to be an accredited professional, or you are already, and you just want to upskill yourself. So we've got some master classes that we're running, which are really new programs that we've developed. Like there's one that looks at rooftop uh, PV installation. So maybe there's a business entity that looks at that and is keen on that from a building's perspective. There's a course on that. There's one that looks at water efficiency, rather. Um, there's a course on that. So we're developing some of these courses for different uh, individuals and, and others just add to, to their qualification. So it's, it's accreditation and certification. And then there are courses that where you don't necessarily get an accreditation, but there's some affirmation that you'll get that you've, you've attended it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you touched on a little bit earlier about how you had this client who some clients don't even pay attention to it and some clients just have this ignorant perspective about this whole entire thing. Um, do you find that when you're going out there to sell or to engage with clients about green building, you have to do, I mean, I don't want 200%, 300% of the job because you need to educate them? I think that that's my favorite part is actually educating the clients who have no idea what it means because it's almost at that moment. I love how Tulani spoke about that sweet spot. It's at that moment when they get it that they're more excited than me. So they just end up running with everything else. So I think, um, so what I've just seen is that every client has got different priorities. So like what you had mentioned earlier, people are like, okay, years from now, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to have an impact. So I'm not going to go to that client and talk about the environment because they don't care. But I will go to that client and talk about the economic value of green buildings because then they will care. So I think that what I've just had to do is approach clients based on what their priorities are and where their heart lies for their company. Um, so those people who care about cost, then I'll speak about cost because there are cost benefits of a green buildings. Those who care about the environment, about carbon offsetting, I'll speak about that because that's what they care about. But essentially, irrespective of where you are on the spectrum, green buildings is relevant to you. And I just find that spot. Um, so that they end up running with that. Yeah. You I'm know, I'm very do. curious actually right now. Um, <laughs> I want to know what is or which one is the greenest building right now? Because I read an article actually, um, but it's from years ago, 2012, Uh-oh. you know, and then it was a certain building in Midrand, you know, yeah. um, the Vodafone Innovation yes, Center. It was the first six star rated building yes, on the continent. Yes. <laughs> so currently, is it still standing as the. Um, so there's the there's the Department of Environmental Affairs building, um, and they've done you know a design rating as well as an as built rating. Um, so that's pretty that's pretty up there, and 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 one has to see it holistically. The other buildings that have done well in some categories. I mean, there's one that from from like the building we're in 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 WWF's building in in Bramfontein. They've reused like 80% of the materials that are there. So that's, that's amazing. And, and other initiatives where there's a building that, um, uh, I think uses less water than it actually needs. And then the balance, it shares it with other buildings. So, so maybe the direct answer to your question would be to mention the, the department <laughs> of environment. That's the, yeah, that's the greenest certified. Maybe you can say oh, that. Okay. I would say the greenest Because the others that may have exactly. not been certified, right? Yeah, there are lots so of So that's not to say that if it's not certified, then it's not green. No, no, I mean, uh, so of those that have been certified, there is, is, is right. And I also think the integrated approach is so 
important. Yeah. And I think it's also a lot of times there'll always be the debate of, oh, it costs me so much more. But it's it's what are you prioritizing as a client? What do you want from a green building? Because yeah. it can be the greenest to me and that's all that matters. Yes. It doesn't matter if everyone else says that yeah. it's not. So I think that it's really just what are you prioritizing so that green yeah. is absolutely relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are lots of good buildings. Yeah. And and what it mm. and what it what it costs you not to go green. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so so seeing it more as an investment yes. than an expense, mm. you know. So I've got a I've got a question, but I'd like to welcome my brother from another mother. <laughs> How's right. it, bro? <laughs> I'm good and you, Bulelani. Hey, I'm good, my man. I'm good. Just, just, um, uh, just, just greet our listeners and tell us who you are and what you do. <laughs> 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 now, nah, man, we just wanted to welcome you in style. Just greet, our, just greet the guests in studio. We're having fun talking about green building. Yeah, uh, hi, Cliff Central family. Uh, <laughs> it's your boy, Devoko <laughs> Mafadi. Welcome to your own show, but I must say, um, you guys are doing a great job with Leah. Um, I have almost to catch up with the podcast because it's 3 a.m. here in California, yeah. so I had I had to wake up, man, and, and join in on the family, you know, for more fear of missing out. Um, <laughs> so I just had to join in and, and, and say hi. And besides, there's no way that I cannot not join in when we've got a green building uh, in the house. Hello. You know how passionate I am about yeah. the discussions. Let me t- let me take this much to greet my green uh, green building family. Um, unfortunately, guys, I couldn't be in studio today, but thank you for coming to the show once more. No, thanks for having us. We we appreciate this. No, definitely. Um, it's 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 just um you guys doing the, the amazing work down in in South Africa. Uh, I'm in Hollywood, by the way. In, in, um, in, in, any green, any green buildings? <laughs> yes. Good question. Yes. <laughs> We've already converted them. So any our job here is done. <laughs> any green buildings yeah, down there? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, there are. The, the two, today I had I had an opportunity to go to Universal Studios. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a section, in fact, of uh, the Universal Studios that's actually done in alternative, um, you know, uh, building technology. Um, using, you know, solar. It's actually a combination of building technology and energy. Um, that is, so people have actually built houses, um, you know, on the hilltops here. So actually, a method of green building, actually, um, I mean, I think they'd collect me in the studio, but it's, uh, some of it actually originates uh, from parts of the state. Um, so that with them, it's actually their way of living. And one thing I love, with the states is that it has been enforced so well that the community, they're the one that out of their own free will that want to implement it and the government enforcing it. Same goes for recycling. You'll be surprised that how people here they've got three kind of dustbins for classes, for this and this, for recycling. No one is enforcing those things to them. They actually do it out of their free will knowing that if they don't for some way or the other the government will be we will be penalizing them uh, for those things. So it's actually interesting things to see here. And I think as a country, we still have a lot to learn from the first world countries. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, just, just, just elaborate more on the importance, according to you, of green building. Um, for, for me, the importance of green building right now, um, the, 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 the world is transforming. And, and right now the world is going green in terms of everything, building, energy, um, and everything uh, 
else. So the sooner we catch up, um, most of us, um, the better. So that's why for me, I mean, I was saying to Asandana offline to say this is a matter of national importance. Um, that's why for me, um, I'm happy that uh, we're able to have the likes of Mr. Tulani in studio. And I think when I come back from the States, I really want us to have a sit down and discuss this more and how can we roll this out into the country. Because um, right now, look at the rains that are taking place in South Africa, the climate change. Um, for instance, um, the kind of sun that we have, we need to take advantage of these things and even safeguard um, some of um, you know these um, turning changes um, that are taking place. So for us, the sooner we implement uh, these green building technologies or uh, strategies, yeah. I think the sooner we are to be a better country um, that is fighting for change. Because you need to understand, as South Africa, we are the gateway to Africa. So yeah. we need to show how Africa how it's done. Yeah. So Tulani, just, 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 I mean, Tulani, just give us a snippet. Is it possible for me to have a house that's not going to run on electricity that is off the grid? Is it possible? It is. It is, it is, it is very possible. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's very pos- possible. You can elaborate more. So, so you may think of, I think, um, what they were suggesting earlier on, as well as various comment. There's some passive design approaches that you can you can do. Obviously, you must be legally connected. Um, no. Is in your Augusta. <laughs> um, and then, and then, I mean, you'd you'd identify how big your house is and what your needs are. And then you'd be off grid. But that's not to say that you won't need any energy. So you can get solar, use solar energy and other alternative forms of, of energy. And it would depend also on where you are. So if you typically in a, in a, in the Karua, um, you know, there's a lot of, of sun there that's access for, to, to energy. Anything else you, you um, want to well, add? Well, I actually do have a strategic business partner whose house is off the grid in Johannesburg. Um, so it is possible because if you think about it, a house's needs is always about heating. You're either heating your water so that you can bath, you're heating food, um, your television is running, so that's generating a bit of heat. But a lot of it is, is really that. So I think the base load of a house is low enough for you to get off the grid, and it's worth it. I think it's worth it. So it can be done. It's very interesting. Actually. I'm waiting for your house to be off the grid. Yeah. A year no, from no, now. I'm open to that conversation. Challenge accepted, definitely. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but it definitely is. Yeah. It, it can be done. Yeah. You know, as 360 then we always have 30 seconds <laughs> where the guests just share a few words to our listeners. So... Ladies first, maybe. <laughs> okay, so I'll just start. I mean, first of all, I definitely do want to congratulate the Green Building Council of South Africa for all that they have done. Um, honestly, they have set Thank the bar you. so high and not only for South Africa, but for the continent. So I really do want to say if you can support them as much as possible. Um, they're very good at advocacy. And I say this because with the Green Building Council of South Africa, we've been developing tools for other countries outside of South Africa on the continent. Um, so I definitely do want to say that. But I think just in terms of sustainability and green buildings, I think it's important to know that Africa, um, we are not as resilient as we should be in terms of climate change. And um, I think that that's something where it's, it really starts with us. And it's one of those contexts of if not you, who, and if not now, when. So I think that it's really important that do some research on green buildings. It does help you. And um, Tanani. I don't know if there's yeah, something yeah. I want to say. No, just quick. I think for me, it's just small businesses mm-hmm. or businesses in general. You know, as business leaders, you know, capacitate yourselves. Uh, I think 
try and understand what this is all about because it's definitely going to impact your business and do that for yourselves. Capacitate yourselves and then you can move forward. Yeah, it definitely is a very interesting um, topic and very was right that we need a day, <laughs> you know, to discuss it. But that's the end of our installment. Thank you so much to our guests. Thank you for coming. And thanks Thank to our know. listeners for listening in every week. So tune in next week. Bulelani. Thank you, thank you. Green building, green building, green building. Green house, green house. Green house. house. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.